Hi, listeners. Welcome to the fifth episode of Gab's Oval Office. I brought I bring on Paul Ryan. He is a Adidas sponsored athlete. He won recently the Mammoth Mile uh, in New Jersey. Ran an incredible time at three fifty two to kick home uh, fifty five second close in the last four hundred meters to get such an incredible title. Interviewed him or talked to him post race and friendly guy. Um, seemed like he had a lot to say and after ta- after interviewing him for the pod I can come to the conclusion that he did have a lot to say and incredible advice so I hope you enjoy the episode and enjoy Hi listeners uh, I want to introduce you to Paul Ryan a Idaho native and recent graduate at Washington State University um, recently I saw him at the Mammoth Mile in Middletown, New Jersey, um, where he outkicked, um, a couple other stellar milers to take home the Mammoth Mile crown in 352, chatted with him after the race and I was able to bring him on the podcast, um, did some research, uh, had a successful college career, um, with a 2021 All-American finish in the 1500 at NCAA Outdoors. Um, and other stellar PRs, and then recently represented, uh, signed a contract with Adidas and represents them now and has just been killing it. Uh, I think you PR'd from both from the 800 up to the 5K this year, 2022. So congrats to that. And I know you have big goals and just kind of like sitting down to talk about like what it is to be a professional runner, especially one that's gone through the U.S. collegiate track system um and just talking more about that so i guess how first question like how does it feel now that what you're a year into being a pro maybe a year like three months um how yeah like just with everything yeah 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 it's uh it's definitely been it was a transition at first i'd say the first um yeah like the first half year going even like indoor season it was kind of just a big change just trying like new coaching um, and also just having, yeah, like having, not having everything kind of given to you, like at the collegiate level, especially when you're at a big like Pac-12 school, like everything's kind of just handed to you and you don't, you kind of, you're telling like all travel is handled when you're a professional, everything has like, you have to sort all that thing, all those things out by yourself. So yeah, that, that was definitely the biggest transition. But yeah, I think we've really passed, I don't know, like ever since March, we've really dialed in what really works for me. And yeah, it's been really good. I've been really, really happy with uh, my first season as a pro. Yeah, as you said, um, PR'd from everything from 800 up to 5K uh, with like the 1500 mile being the main focus. So yeah, and then yeah, past couple, past month has been really good. Um, so I'm excited going into, yeah. Going into Fifth Avenue on Sunday, I'm really, really pumped to see how I can do against like some of the best in the world. So, yeah, of course, good. stellar lineup. I think Jake Whiteman, like pretty much like yep. star lines the crowd for that. So that'll be awesome, to, especially the World Championship, like uh, gold medalist. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for it. 147, 335, 352, and then what 1334 PRs. That's stellar. And I know you just said like you since March you kind of like figured something out. Uh, maybe expand yeah. what that is. Uh, I don't know if that's in terms of like just a coaching structure, training structure. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just very strength strength oriented runner. So I just need uh, running lots of miles and um like high volume workouts and yeah lots of like tempo threshold with speed obviously i get you you at speed too but um just like always making sure we're hitting that that system every week so that's very important uh just for me individually and yeah so i think that and then getting up to altitude up in i think it was for all of march and all of april we were up at altitude i think that really helped jump start um so my yeah jump start training and yeah, so I think that was really important just from a pure, yeah, purely training standpoint. So, yeah. Yeah, you say you benefit from, you know, feeding yourself a lot of miles. Like, what is there, is there a magic like range that's been working for you? Uh, I mean, recent, 
I'd say like for me, it's not like a ton, but um, for like a 1500 guy, I, I, I got up to like 85, uh, 75 to 85 for like six straight weeks and like March and April, I think that really, really helps. And then, um, but obviously when you get into racing season, you can't, you can't hit that just cause you're peaking. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it, it is super individual with me, but yeah. Yeah, of course. And with, within that, like, is there a lot of like threshold, like volume workouts, um, during like that base period where you said you were at altitude and you were also hitting your high, highest mileage. So that, that sounds like kind of rough. Um, especially yeah. Training. yeah, for sure. I, I would do, um, like Tuesdays would be like a big 5k, 10k workout mm -hmm. uh, that I would do. And that'd just be one session in the morning. Then I'll, I think we, I double most days. Uh, then on Fridays would be another big day where we do like a tempo in the morning and then we go down in the evening and do a, a second session, like a 1500, um, like specific session yeah. where you're doing like rep, rep 300s, rep 400s that, that, you know, like for me, it'd be like 58, 57 second, 400 pace. So, yeah. Did you do that a lot? Like, were you used to that in college where you were kind of doing, I know a big thing, at least professional running is like the double threshold days or just like working out twice a day. Like, were you used mm -hmm. to some of that at Washington State? Um, we did it. We did it sometimes, maybe like once every four weeks. Okay. But uh, this past, yeah, this past year we've been doing it. I mean, if, it, if, if it's a big week, we'd do it every week. If I hadn't have like any like every Friday we would do if I didn't have any races coming up soon. So, um, yeah. So I would say at Washington state, we did that maybe once, like once every four to six weeks, but no, not as much as this past year. So, yeah. What would you say has been your like favorite workout from that training block, like, or like mid spring? Oh, uh, I would say if I had a really good one. It was right before I did the U S road mile champs. I did, I remember I did a four, it was up in Flagstaff, I did a four mile tempo in the morning. And I think I did it in like 1940 for four miles at altitude. Okay. So I was pretty pumped about that. And then we went down in the evening. It was like myself, Neil Gorley, Craig Engels, um, wow. some other guys. We did three sets of four by 400. And this is the same day. We did three sets of four by 400 a pretty short rest between reps and like two minutes to three minutes between sets. And I think the first set was like the first set of four corners was like around 60, 59. The second set was like 58, 57. Then the third set was like 56, 55. So that was, a, that was like a good workout that I remember doing. And um, yeah, that was probably one of my better ones. But I mean, I've had other good ones, but they've all been pretty solid. Like yeah. nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. Just lots of B, B level work. Um, where you're just kind of not going through the motions, but you kind of are going through the motions, just getting in like what you need to do to like, you know, not overcook yourself, but still get in the work. So, yeah, no, that sounds like, especially you're doing it at Flagstaff, what is it? Seven, about 7,000 feet. That's, that sounds like a yeah. workout. Yeah. The four, the 400s were down in Sedona. So it was a little, little lower, but um, yeah, right. but it was, it was good. So you were at Flagstaff for the entire six weeks? I was there, yeah, from like mid-March all the way to the end of April. Then down in, uh, for May and June, I was down in um, San Diego to do, yeah, that was good too. Just having, um, you know, being at sea level and perfect weather. So that was, that was good going into USA Champs. So. so where do you normally train? I remember you saying like the LA, the like South, Southern California area. Yeah, currently I'm in, uh, I'm in Southern California. So that, that's where I'm based at, at the moment. So uh, yeah, so right like the past few, past month I've been training at UCLA's track, which has been okay. really nice. Like um, one of the nicest tracks I've ever trained on. Honestly, okay. probably not. I honestly think it's nicer than, than Oregon's track. Uh, just the surface at least. Um, I think it's faster, so. Yeah, it's been super cool though. The past past month has been good. So Yeah, I went to the UCLA track. I think it was like two summers ago. Uh for mm -hmm. like Air Force Ones and I was trying I just wanted to go check out the track just because like, you know, 
when you're in the when you're like LA, you go to USC and then go to UCLA. You see like go yeah. see the tracks. And I was like yeah. in the Air Force ones, and I was trying to like go over the steeplechase barrier, and I think I clipped it, and it was like pretty rough. But they do, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's a like blue track surface, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like hot. It's like light blue, dark blue, uh, every other lane. So yeah, it's yeah. Nice. Do you ever train like? Where's like the parks like you train out? Like where are the, I guess the trails you train out in there? <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles, I've only I've honestly been only running on one the one trail. It's like a it's like a horse trail near the Rose Bowl. It's in Pasadena. Oh, okay. Um, it's just kind of close, and I I like it. It's soft surface. Um, so that's where I go usually on on the days I'm not at the track. So, uh, or I just like run run in Pasadena, uh, from my from my grandma's house so that's where I've, I've been uh, doing lately <laughs> so nothing too crazy I might go my coach was up here yesterday uh he came up from San Diego to, to check out the session and um yeah he was saying telling me some other places I could check out so I might go check those out um but yeah I'm kind of coming to the end of my season so yeah I won't be I won't be running next week at this time so I won't have to go check it out but after that I'll, I'll check it out come October yeah, there's a really nice place. I know Pasadena is like a little farther. If you go into San Fernando Valley, there's um Balboa Park. Um, oh yeah, it's, isn't that down? In, is that in San Diego? Balboa Park? No, 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 no. like no, no. no. The, I'm, the Balboa Park is like the famous one in San Diego, which is like the Footlocker. Yeah, like, yeah. No, there's like uh, Balboa Park. It's in. It's right next to the Reseda. It's in Reseda. Okay. Um, okay. They have like a lot of dirt trails and they're it gets pretty expansive and there's like a zoo over there and there's also a lake and bike paths and you can like connect into like an eight mile loop and it's pretty like heavily trafficked but like it's really nice that's where like my my aunt has a house in tarzana which is like in the valley and that's usually where i run or i usually go to santa monica down to like the I, palisades and just run there those are like the okay. Okay. Um, yeah I'll have, to, I'll have to check those out i'll have to check yeah. that out um kind of like who do you train with like on a regular basis i know you mentioned like Craig angles but you i'm assuming you just were there no, i don't i don't shake with, nah. with him um yeah, regularly yeah. i would say like most regularly i would train with eric avila okay. he's my primary training partner um yeah so if i'm in san diego i'll be training with him but he's even in flagstaff too so when I'm in Flagstaff, there's just a ton of people to train with. Like there's uh, my agent, he's up there, Stephen Haas. So he uh, he has a group of guys that I, that I train with quite a bit. And then, um, yeah, like whoever's in Flagstaff, we always try to link up and um, kind of sync up workouts. So that, that's primarily the people I train with. Currently, like the past, the past I'd say, uh, past two months, I've been primarily solo um which has it has its upsides um and its downsides but you know i've been enjoying i've been enjoying working out alone but you know i always have people out there helping me out whether it be um yeah like a coach or my girlfriend or yeah. someone yeah so it, it's always it, there's always people helping me out so it's, it's not it's not too bad yeah i remember when you said you were based in southern california i was like all right that's kind of that's kind of new at least to me because there aren't a lot of professional running teams that are based in southern california um, yeah yeah kind of rough now we have like our uh there's there's like our club is this, the golden coast track club and we're all based in san diego with terrence terrence mahone is our our uh coach so no it's cool but we're kind of on the on the come up we have some good middle distance um good middle distance athletes yeah. like my like one of my teammates taryn rawlings she just broke two minutes in the 800 oh, that's um yeah so she's she's really good so yeah i think we would definitely have a lot of potential a lot of uh, opportunity for growth um within the team so and yeah it's amazing coach i love parents he's very um very flexible very open to new ideas and just uh, he wants what's best for his athletes so he's always willing to experiment um and take athletes inputs and what works for us so yeah with terrence uh your coach um yeah 
going from coach, getting a, a Washington State coach into the I'm into a professional coach. Like, how is that transition like in terms of like the coaching philosophy change? And like, was there any like major differences you saw, or did um, your professional coach just try to like mimic exactly like your success? I know. Yeah, it's definitely it's just a different personalities, right? So I definitely say my my college coach. He was a great coach, and it works. It all worked out in the end. Um, but I would say Terrence is definitely more. Um, he's has he's has a lot more experience with elite athletes. So, uh, we just like race strategy wise, he really know. He really knows like. Gives me strategy before a race and like what what goes to my strengths. Um, yeah, this this it's hard to explain. Like actually put. Uh, like, like words what it is. it's just like this is a, a relationship it's, it's just totally different and um, he's a lot more straightforward with me which I like um, so yeah do you miss do you miss the college scene um not I think there were really good things about the, the college scene um just with uh, how close I was with my teammates and stuff like I had a couple really good um training partners and they're really like good friends in college. Um, Colton Johnson and Zach Stallings, they're both like other sub-format milers. So it's good to have that. And we had a really good camaraderie. So you don't get that as much. Like you don't see them at practice, like see that at practice every day. Professionals, a lot more individual. Um, like you kind of do what you need to do to be the best in college. It's like you're kind of thrown together. and It's more like a brotherhood almost. Um, so that's kind of what I miss, but I do like, I do like the independency of professional, uh, the professional world where you, you know, you have your, uh, you know, so you have to do everything kind of by yourself. You have to set up everything. Um, so yeah, there's a lot more independency and responsibility. Would you say that like extra independency makes it more cutthroat? Would you describe that as describe professional running as like more cutthroat in the sense that, you know, yeah. sponsorship kind of requirements and, um, yeah, just that type of just. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need to, yeah, you need to perform. And if you perform well, then there's lots of, you know, there's lots of incentives to perform well. So, yeah, definitely there's a lot of, uh, yeah, responsibility in that. So you're racing uh, the fifth half mile. Again, it's a huge, huge race, at least in the New York City area, uh, especially U.S. road running. It's, a, yeah. Are you excited? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, I think I'm in, I know I'm in the best shape of my life right now. So, uh, coming off that mile in New Jersey, I was, I was pretty pumped. And I think, it's, yeah, really good momentum going into Fifth Ave. Um, I'm healthy, so I can ask. I can ask for anything more. Healthy in the best shape. So yeah, I'm looking to, you know, be up there, and kind of vying for it. You know, vying for the top spot. So it'll be it'll be tough, but uh, I know that a lot of those guys are coming over from Europe, and they're, they're they'll be competing in uh, the Diamond League final tomorrow. So they'll be traveling to New York from Zurich. So I'm hoping they'll be a bit tired <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best of luck to that. Um, yeah. Kind of speaking about the mom's mile in uh, Jersey, uh, yeah. was, I guess expectations going into the race and then did you execute on it? I know you had a strong kick at the end. It was yeah. Sit and then kind of make a move. <laughs> yeah, my plan, my plan basically going in was to sit on Eric Holt because I knew that he, I heard that they were going out. He's going to go on like 154, 155 through 800, and then so I was like, perfect. I was sit on him, and he's a really big guy. So yeah. I, I'd say even if it was windy, it would be helped that um, he's such a big guy that I could just draft off of him. And yeah, it kind of just went out, played perfectly. Um, I was pretty, sh I wasn't like, I knew I was definitely, I knew I'm capable of running that, but to actually do it was cool to actually run 352 was, yeah, 
it was definitely it was cool I, I knew I've been capable of it for a long time but um I'm just excited going forward into the next couple of years to see see what it's uh what I'm capable of so yeah did you have like workouts like workout indicators coming like going up leading into that race that kind of like show that you're in that type of shape or are you just like confident um, yeah I just like I, I stayed healthy I had a good like every I that I, I won the Falmouth road mile I mean the Falmouth mile and I felt really strong doing that it was a pretty windy day and then yeah I had some workouts that I felt very fit like it wasn't anything like crazy split wise I just it just like the paces that I was running and how easy they felt I could definitely tell that I was yeah ready for something big close and i think it came i think it like that pack it was you eric and i think maybe one more guy i think he was wearing the oregon track yeah club. vince vince Ciotti. yeah and you guys came through in 257 which is blazing fast and then you closed in 55 last 220 yeah. that's very impressive yeah. that's very impressive would you say that's like one of your strongest kicks you've ever had or it's just uh i would say i would say definitely yeah off that pace i mean it wasn't like crazy faster 1200 but uh yeah yeah off that pace, i think i closed in like 50 right under 55 like 54 high so um yeah it's definitely say one of the better kicks i've had yeah right. good job um yeah the goals going to uh the fifth half um like just run a specific time or just compete I definitely just compete. So there's lots of uh lots of money on the line. So yeah, I'd be I'd I'd be thrilled with uh obviously the best result would be to win. So yeah, I want to go for that. And then yeah, top three would be sweet too. So yeah, definitely want to win, but yeah, just be up there. Is there any temptation to go to be the front rock, front runner through eight hundred and uh close in four so you can get that thousand dollar clash prize? Uh, no, I, I won't be doing that. No. You are not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely just want to try to go for the actual win. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And that, that would be your last race of your um, track season? Yeah, it'll be the, probably the last race of, um, yeah, yeah, the 2022 season. So it'll be fun. How does the, like, at least for like your club and your coach, how does the, transition from one season to another kind of like happened like just kind of describe the I guess uh so yeah I mean I probably I'll definitely take two weeks completely off of no training so like no running um yeah and just get away from everything get away from the sport so I'll just be yeah just hanging with friends hanging yeah just just getting away from it like go surfing go hiking just get my mind away from the sport and then maybe the third week maybe i'll start running again but i might even take another week off and see like how much time my coach will let me take off and then yeah i'll probably start training in again in like october mid-october <laughs> and then yeah just build up for 2023 which is our goal set on um indoor uh worlds i think that's still happening or i think they got I, I think there is i think there is a world I, I haven't checked indoor world champs but uh i'll definitely look at it um yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what just gotta stay healthy and get in some good uh training in you know the fall get a little get a little uh maybe go up to altitude for a bit and then yeah we'll see perfect um so kind of describe now, kind of transitioning to like how you started running, like your background, like when did you yeah. start into the sport and kind of go from there? Yeah, I would say that I wasn't, I didn't really, I was very, I was talented at it. So we would do like the gym mile or like PE for PE class. And then I think I'm trying to remember how fast I ran. I think in fifth grade, I ran like 540 or 530 something. So I was pretty fast. Um, <laughs> But then I actually broke my leg when I was in seventh grade. So I didn't do like any middle school, middle school track. And then when I got to ninth grade, I was like, I fully recovered from breaking. I broke my femur. So it was like one of the biggest bones in yeah. um, your body. So I broke that when I was in seventh grade. 
but then when I got to ninth grade, I was fully recovered. And then I ran 432 as a ninth grader in the mile. And so, and I went to like small school in Idaho. And that was actually, I broke the school record as a, as a freshman in high school. So I was pretty pumped. And you know, like when you have success like that, then it like success breeds more success. So I got, in, got really into it. But I was also really into basketball as well. So I did both sports. I did basketball and track and cross country, obviously. Um, so I, I was really, I did all, all sports basically because this is a small school. So I did everything. Um, yeah, but yeah, I progressed naturally. Like I think my sophomore year, I ran like 423. Junior year, I ran like 413, 414, which was pretty good back in, uh, when was that, 2014? So I started getting like college recruiting letters from like B1 schools. And then my senior year, I ran, I think I ran like 413 still during the season. But then after the season, I ran 406 for the full mile. And then I, w- I got invited to Brooks PR. And then I won Brooks PR. So, but I was still, I was committed to Washington State still. So I, I went there, but yeah, I think, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was cool. But then in college, I honestly didn't get that, that much better for like the first three years of college. It was just like a big transition and um, yeah. So, and then my, my fourth year of college, I broke four, which was, which was a big step. So. Congrats. Uh, it sounds like you're really fast freshman and you're able to continue like that linear progression in high school and um kind of this like what was your I guess attitude towards running in high school did you take it 100% seriously I mean you're playing basketball and I I love yeah I would definitely say definitely not super serious uh I I had a lot of fun with it and um I was naturally pretty good and it was very small like a small school in Idaho so like you were just like winning everything, which was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely wasn't like all in, but I was, I was still, I still was committed and I like to win. So it was, it was fun. I still, and I still like trained pretty much. Like when it was track season, I would train every, every single day. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you have, did you have a pretty like serious um, running community at your high school? like? the other kids on the team took it seriously or? yeah we actually had there's there's like three of my friends or four of my friends and we were all pretty pretty all pretty uh dedicated to it like but then there was obviously kids who weren't that like yeah. who were just there for the social aspect of it but no we had some guys who like we had some guys who were pretty uh for sure they were dedicated how, how did it go like coming from small school uh I know I can relate. My high school was only like 700 kids. Um, yeah. Like how? No, my mine was even smaller. It was my graduating class was like 26 kids. So our our high school was like 100 kids. So it was tiny. Yeah. So how was it? How was the transition from going such from a small high school to like a huge state institution? Like not even running wise, just like academically, yeah. socially. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely, like, so, uh, yeah, it was every, all the above, like, I think more, even, even more socially, just, like, you know, interacting with people with tons of different viewpoints and uh, different life backgrounds, that was definitely the biggest, definitely the biggest challenge, so, yeah, that, that, it took a while, but then um, it, it, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, and you kind of described the plateau um you said you the first three years you didn't improve as 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 much as you wanted to or would have liked uh was there something like mentally that wasn't clicking or just yeah it was uh I, I would definitely say I think I put a lot of uh pressure on myself and I was taking it way like I honestly was taking it way too seriously those first uh those first three years so um one minute I'm taking off my earphones oh okay yeah I was taking it way too seriously and then that fourth year I really I think I even stepped up my training even more so I was doing pretty low mileage that those first three years but then that fourth year I started to build up more and more um, more volume and more miles 
more quality workouts. So, uh, yeah. And then I had kind of a mental shift where I started having more fun with the sport and not taking it as seriously. And I was able to, um, yeah, have that big breakthrough. So I was like, stuck, I was stuck at 406 through yeah. like, through my junior year and went from 406 to 358 that fourth year, which was, yeah, quite the, uh, quite the breakthrough. And that's an eight second jump. That's huge. I mean, that's, and that, especially eight seconds for, like you're already at that top end of speed and progressing that much when you're that fast is, you know, it takes something more than just a linear progression. It takes something else. Like how do you break through um, besides the taking it less, like not putting so much emphasis on like being all in and, yeah. Can you repeat the question? I, I can, uh, I can hear it. Sorry. I was on, I wasn't, I wasn't on speaker. Oh yeah. All good. Um, so it's, especially being like that top end speed, like support, like 10, like seeing an eight second improvement from you said 406 to 358, you know, yeah. it, it's that's just not, that's not like that linear. Like when you're that fast, the, the the, you have like diminishing returns and like how fast you can actually like, improve. However, yeah. you took it less serious, like you put less pressure on yourself. Were there any other things that kind of like, contributed to that like huge improvement? Uh, I definitely, I definitely getting older. I think that helped out a lot. Yeah. Um, and I honestly do think I was like doing like 50 to 60 miles a week, my first three years. And then that fourth year I went from doing that to like, 80 to 85 so a big jump in training and especially like that previous fall and uh before my senior year like going into my senior year going into cross country i was doing a lot more a lot more volume and i think that honestly man like that i really really helped me a ton so yeah yeah no so you pretty much like brought up your mileage and this is that where you get the notation where you're more of a strength more like strength oriented kind of runner yeah for sure that's uh so that just has always worked for me so yeah yeah i think i don't know what the 1500 is i feel like it's what it's not 50 percent anaerobic and 50 percent aerobic it's i but, think it, it's probably more, more de definitely more more aerobic than it is anaerobic yeah yeah i remember like i think it was like i was watching a podcast of jake whiteman right after his, uh after he won the world championships where he pretty much just held on and, you know, kick out kicked um, Jakob. However, like he was like describing like the biggest thing between like last uh, Olympics where he got like, I think he got like eighth and then yeah. he got gold obviously. And the biggest thing was that he ended up within that year, he upped his mileage to like, I think like 70, he was doing like more 5k racing, more 3k racing to kind of just like build that strength. And he and his coach, I think, which is his dad, um, yeah. like agreed that that was the reason or a major success to like his, like, like him winning. Like, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, everyone, you can attack it from so many different angles. And yeah, well, yeah, what you said about with, with uh, Jake Whiteman, what he did was, yeah, it definitely worked for him. So yeah, especially it hel helps out a lot with the rounds and everything. There's like multiple, especially when you go to these big championships, you have, you have like two or three rounds that you have to get through and it just helps being in so much better shape that you can recover, recover better through the, uh, after the round, so. Yeah, kind of going off that, uh, championship like you ran at the end of year right before you graduated you were able to get a bid from prelims in the west to go to uh was it eugene was eugene completed by the 2021 oh yeah yeah that's where ncaa champs were yeah um kind of like kind of talk about like the prelim the semi and like the final going through the rounds and just like your approach like getting all American, like, yeah, yeah. I think I was definitely, uh, yeah, I was in good shape. So was able to, yeah, qualify the NCAAs, got to the rounds and the prelims and everything, and then got into, uh, got in the final 
and that was good. It was uh, honestly, it wasn't my greatest race in the final. I think I got eighth. So um, yeah. that was a pretty, I would say, yeah. I mean, it was cool making the final and everything, but I think on that, you know, I live and learn. I think there were some definitely some uh, dumb things I did in that race, but good experience overall. And yeah, so. How did that race kind of like play out? Was it uh, was it a pretty much a time trial from the start or was it very tactical as like championship races are? Um, uh, the NCAA, the NCAA final? Yeah. That was pretty tactical. I think we were, it was, um, yeah, Hawker and the Goose won. Yeah. Uh, Hawker won and then Nagus got second. And I think they closed. Yeah, it was very fast, uh, very fast close. I think we closed in like one, or they closed in like 148, 149 for the last 800. Um, and they won in like, it was the winning time was like 335. So still pretty quick time. But um, yeah, it was, it was a big ramp up from like 600 out. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't a time trial at all. It was a tactical race. Where did you put yourself in the in the race for like the first uh, nine hundred of the meters? Um, where did I put, where did I put myself? Yeah, like position wise. Uh, yeah, it was bad. I was like passing people. I was trying to like pass on the on the on the corners on the bends, and I was making all these stupid surges. So I was I was like fifth to seventh, fifth to eighth the whole race. I feel like, and. Uh, yeah, not my not the not the prettiest race for sure, but um, yeah, it was, you know, live and learn. So yeah, of course. And now you're running much a little much faster than you were. Um, was it was it a uh, was it exciting to run with like Cole Hawker and like Gary like uh, did yeah. the time? Uh, yeah, it was it was cool. Um, like, I've raced them quite a bit, so yeah, uh, it's not like anything. Uh, super super new but um it, it, yeah it was, it was a it was a cool race it was one of those i think it was one of the greatest yeah 1500 finals of all time for ncaa like you had you know so you look 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 at the names now and you know all those guys are still still super relevant in the sport so so when do you start garnering professional interest um was it once you ran like 358 or is it more into your senior year? Like when you start receiving yeah. interest? I think it was when, uh, since I'm, you make the Olympic trials, that was really big. Yeah. Because that's like people tune into that and they see it on TV and they see shoe companies represented on like whatever station that was on. It was on NBC, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, so that, that was that I think it's not so much like, oh, you run, like you do have to run fast, like a certain time, but you also need to like make these major meets, and that's when shoe companies get very interested. So I think that that helped out that I was able to do that back in 2021. And um, yeah, yeah, Adidas was, was interested, and um, yeah, it was cool. Well, what was the plan if like running wasn't in the cards? Like, what was your like, like post secondary? Or post, like, yeah. yeah, I think I would have, um, I probably would have gotten looking into getting my CPA. So I, I got my undergrad in accounting and okay. I, yeah, I probably would have done that or getting in. Uh, I would, I actually finished my MBA this past May and I, in, in finance. So I maybe would have even looked into starting, like started to get into investing of some sort. So that's kind of plan B if the running thing doesn't pan out is I go back. Yeah, I go back to doing that. So are you, are you, was, did you, the professional running ever like cross your mind during high school, uh, like during your college years, like you kind of just want this to be your career? Uh, I definitely, like when I, my first few years of college, definitely not. I thought I didn't think I was good enough, but, uh, yeah, definitely that fourth year. I think, it, yeah, my my eyes kind of were like, oh shoot, like I could actually, my eyes opened up and I was like, oh, I could do this. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely, it was more on my radar later on, later on in college, just seeing what it, what it took, um, and even more so, yeah, that in twenty twenty one, just yeah, running some faster times and making, you know, doing well at like the Pac twelve championship meet. 
yeah and, uh, yeah doing stuff like that i was able to yeah open open up my eyes a bit I don't, from like your many years of running in the sport and the injuries you've gone through what's been the biggest advice that you've got from maybe your coaches or just your peers family that's mm. kind of like carried you through to now um for sure i would definitely say my uh number one is definitely my faith um i think it's if i've ever had i've definitely gone through some tough times with like uh, whether it be poor performance or um, injury, I think I've, I've been able to like ride it out and just have faith, have faith in God that that it's all going to work out. Um, so I definitely say that's my my most like that's the number one thing um, to help persevere through any hard times. But uh, yeah, but I think honestly, it's just staying staying healthy is is so key. Um, yeah like you're not going to get better in like one week or one month, you know, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of stringing, stringing together, lots and lots of uh, good workouts over years and years. So if you want to get, if you want to get to where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, were there ever times that you were lost in your training where you didn't know what the next step was going to be. And you said you like reflected for your bad races. Like, I, I don't know the question I'm trying to form here. Uh, I tend to ask really like a long wind questions, not and that I expect a long answer. Just like, I have no idea what I'm going to answer. I like my question is going to be, but I'm trying to say is you had mentioned that you had like bad performances and like, having your faith in God kind of got you through it and not making, like making sure like you're like trained, like believe in the process and like, you know, it's like a marathon in this, in this, that yeah. not going to all happen overnight. Like how did you kind of get through those bad performances if I didn't touch on what it was? Um, yeah. Lots of times, like if it, it was like a bad season, I like, for example, this past, um, this past indoor season was really rough for me. And like, I just had like, I ran like, a, I remember I opened up my season, I ran like 403, got like 10 last at this race in Arkansas. And then I went up to New Balance Grand Prix, got like four flat, got like dead last, then went to another meet in Spokane, I ran like a 343. Yeah, I felt like I was close to the back of all, like it weren't going well. So yeah, your coach was like, hey, like, take some downtime. So I took like a week off. And then I got started building up again. It got injured a bit. And then, yeah, I just like, yeah, just having my, my faith in God, just being like, yeah, it's all going to work out. I just got to um, make sure that I'm trusting him because he, he knows what the plan is. is um, he knows what the plan is and what my life's going to look like. So I just had to kind of give it to him and not go back to like not taking it being like so anal or so. Uh, of course. What's. I guess kind of going back, like what's one thing that you wish you could have changed um, maybe in your training or just like your approach to running that maybe alleviated or you, you don't regret anything? So what was, what was something that's changed in my, in my uh, running? Something like if you were to go back, something that you would have changed in just your, your approach, your training, um, that maybe would have alleviated, you know, any harm, harm doing. So it's kind of just, it is what it is. Honestly, I don't have that. I think like mistakes that I've made have been really good uh, learning experiences. Yeah. So, like, even if like, yeah, oh, I got injured or something I did wrong or like, oh, I had a bad race and I had bad, made bad tactical decision. I don't think I'd be the athlete that I am without those harder times. So honestly, I, I think it's, you know, any mistakes that you make, it's, it's fine. Like, I think that you just learn from them and you move on. And, uh, you know, it's like the really low points make, like they make the high points even better. So, um, yeah, no, no regrets. Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. 
this is where like having the extra questions would have helped me. Um, yeah, all good, man. <laughs> all good. Um, just kind of maybe expand on what it is to be in a club, like professional, like running club, like you are in LA, like you have your training partners and then it's very independent, like their approach, but what are the expectations kind of from like your sponsor? Is it exactly hit specific times or it's like, is there like a margin of error that you're allowed? Like, I, I understand you can't talk about your contract, but that's fine. But like, is there a margin of error? Um, yeah, like they, they do want uh, certain requirements of you. Like there's times that I need to hit to, uh, that for like bonuses and stuff. And then, but the, and then there are like reductions that you can, um, that you get if you don't do well, but uh, can't really go into specifics of those. Of course. But um, yeah, I, yeah, what you said, there, there is like, there is requirements. And um, if you don't do well, then you'll get reduced. But if you do well, then you can get like increased or you can re-sign for more money and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Have, have you ever thought about like moving out of Southern California and going somewhere else in terms of training? Um, I think definitely for the next, for, uh, I mean, I will be going to like an altitude camp probably in November yeah. or December. And I'll, I'll do that going into leading into, you know, the indoor track season. But, um, but primarily when we're at sea level, I'll be, yeah, I'll be in California. So, yeah. What, what do you like outside of running? What is, what do you, I know you mentioned that during your two week break, that's going to be coming up. Yeah. The surf, like go to hike. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty no, like, yeah, I, I've never, I've actually never surfed, but my, uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, my, my girlfriend might take me might take me surfing here in the next couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll see. I'm probably not going to be uh, won't be super good at it, but uh, something to try. Oh uh, yeah, well I'll like just do just do anything. Honestly, I'm I, I'm pretty chill, so you know I'll be like maybe try cooking some new meals. Um, you know, play games with like I don't know, like play board games, like go out and uh, go out to bars and uh, like get, go. You know, just go have go have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, be fun. Kind of going off like cooking meals like in like nutrition. Um yeah. what is like your diet that you've like kind of like have a foundation for? Like do you have like specific like a specific diet? Oh no, I'm pretty uh I'm pretty I'm a big sweet tooth, so okay <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not into my diet at all I, I need to i probably could get a few faster if i was but uh <laughs> no i'm i'm uh pretty pretty basic like i'm i'm down i don't i don't restrict anything so yeah yeah one of the i guess since you studied finance that's the opportunity cost right there yeah 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 a little bit <laughs> um what's your like go-to sweet oh i'm a big uh I'm a big, I like milk duds a lot. Those are probably one of my favorite. Love milk duds. That's a first. Um, I like like Reese's, Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. Um, I love peanut M&Ms. Yeah. So those are kind of big chocolate guy. Big chocolate guy. Yeah. And then, like, what are your like passions outside of, outside of running? Like, what do you do on your free time? Um, I, I get, I'm pretty, I like, playing other sports like i'm big into basketball so like whenever it's like college basketball season rolls around i'm really like into march madness um but i also play basketball on high school it was actually like my first my first uh passion was yeah like basketball so i, I really love i love basketball um uh, yeah i like all other sports i'm pretty competitive so like playing other sports like tennis and yeah um, stuff like that so yeah during your basketball career, did you um? Was it like? Did you usually like run the point, or like, is there like? Yeah, a yeah. I was a, I was a point guard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Were you like pass first, score or like scoring pretty much? Uh, definitely score first. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> no, I, I, I played a bunch of basketball growing up. I wasn't any good, but it's one of the things I can yeah. really um, nice. nice. So, yeah, it sounds like you're pretty sporty, pretty competitive. Yeah, but- yeah. I also have like a really big family, so I like I, I'll definitely try to sometime this fall try to go back up and visit family. So, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I have like six older siblings. And they all have a bunch of kids, so I'll definitely want to yeah spend spend some time with them up in Idaho. <laughs> Um, did, uh, anyone else in your family, like, is there a history of running in your family or just, uh, yeah, my mom, she was a really good runner back in the eighties. So she was like a hundred, 200, 400, 800. Like she did all like middle distance sprints, that stuff. So she was, yeah, she's pretty good. She, I think she ran like 208 in the 800 back in the day, which was good, which was good back in the eighties. Um, so she was solid. That is really solid. Very solid. So you probably got the genes from her. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get like the sprinting. This is like the good sprint speed from my mother. So <laughs> they're able to close in 27 because of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of like wrapping up. Like I don't I don't want to take all your time. Um, but I kind of like wrapping up the podcast with like usually like one question asked, like usually most of my guests is if there was a place that you wanted to run, like a, a person dead or alive, like that you would run with and a, a certain place anywhere in the world, who who would it be and where? Who would I run with and where? Yeah. Uh, man, that's a good question. I'd probably run with, man, dead or, you said dead or alive? Yeah. Um, whew, I'd probably do uh, Louis Zamperini. Oh, you know okay. from Unbroken. Yeah. yeah, Unbroken guy. Yeah, that'd be sweet to run with that guy. And I'd probably run with him in Monaco. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Is he? Grew- he'd have, I I'd want to I want to I don't know what age I'd want to run with. Like what? How old he would be? Probably in his prime, right? Yeah, I'd probably run, try to run with him when he was in his best years. So, yeah, he, he didn't grow up too far from where you're based now. He grew up in Torrance, right? Yep. Yeah, it's not like an urban jungle over there. So, there's not really anywhere to run. Um, no. Back in the day. Yes. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, kind of have to cut it short. Um, it's all good. Yeah, but thank you so much for everything. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Of course, take care, Paul.